Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I am your co-host, Austin. And today we are covering a story that I've actually covered before. It was a really long time ago when I first started Mama Mystery. So most of you already know this, but when I first started, I was making videos to tell these stories and I posted them to YouTube. And they're all still there if you care to watch them. They're probably kind of cringy because I feel like I've grown a lot since those days. I've gotten better. I don't know if I say cringy, but obviously you get better when you practice. Sure. Yeah, that's a nice way to say it. But anyway, they're all still there if you want to watch them. But um, one of the very first episodes I did was on the disappearance of Gannon Stauk. And that was ongoing. Like when I made that video, it had just happened. And I don't even know if he had been found yet by the time I made that that video. So um, today I want to retell this story with even more detail. And I want to let you all know that the trial in this case actually started this week, which is why I'm recovering it. I don't even remember it. So you weren't on that episode. But, I know, but um, I, I listened to a lot of your early ones. Yeah, and you might actually remember, like once I start talking about it, it might ring some bells. But this trial is expected to last anywhere from six to eight weeks. So I will be watching that very closely, and I'll keep you all updated with how the verdict turns out in this case. But today I'm going to tell you everything you need to know to follow it. But before we get started, we have some new Patreons. So you ready to shout them out? Let's go. Elena Nemerson. Yeah. Moni Lucero. Savannah Thomas. Yes. Victoria Maserant. Ooh. Julie, with no last name. Oh. Jenny Beaver. Oh. Brianna Thomas. Oh, yeah. Amber Evans. Let's go. Stacey Bowles. Hell yeah. And Lori Brown. What a crew. So I like to just shout out 10 at a time. So I'm a little bit behind. Um, so if you're a new Patreon and you haven't heard your shout out yet, it's coming. I just, I don't want to, you know, spend a whole episode shouting him out, but that's just the only way I know how to do it. But so. a Patreon gets you ad-free episodes and autographed letters from Kelly, which could be worth a lot of money someday. <laughs> Yeah. And so anyway, I'm actually posting this to Patreon early. You guys are going to get this on Thursday night. It'll be everywhere else on Monday. So you guys get a jump start, a big jump start on this episode. But Heck yeah. All right. Without further ado, let's dive in. Let's get into the show. Gannon Stauk was born on September 29th of 2008 to his mom, Landon Hyatt, and his dad, Al Stauk. He was born prematurely and considered to be a micro preemie, weighing in at only one pound, six ounces. Oh my goodness. And with a, ch- a 10% chance of survival. Wow. Yeah. And so they thought that he was going to have like difficulties growing up, but he overcame all the odds. He won that fight. He grew into a gifted, kind, loving child who adored his mom and his little sister, Lena. Gannon loved playing video games and spending time with his family. He especially loved playing Sonic the Hedgehog or playing with his friends outside. So Landon and Al, they were married, but they eventually split up after it was alleged that Al was seeing another woman named Letitia. And Al actually did end up marrying a woman named Letitia in 2016, but Al was working for the National Guard and ended up getting stationed out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So Landon stayed in South Carolina while Al and Letitia moved out to Colorado. Al ended up getting custody of the children because Landon was kind of dealing with some personal struggles of her own. So the kids went with him and Letitia out to Colorado Springs with plans to visit their mom, Landon, in South Carolina. 
So Letitia had a teenage daughter named Harley from her previous marriage, and Letitia had a history of working as a teacher, but her license was suspended after she was convicted in, in a North Carolina court for communicating threats, which was a misdemeanor. And also, she was convicted of unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. She was sentenced to 45 days confinement. I don't know if that's home confinement or like in jail, but then she had 18 months of probation after that. So um, she was working as a teacher at the time like that all this happened. So her teaching license was suspended because of all that. So in January of 2020... Al was in the National Guard, and he was getting ready to be deployed towards the end of January. He spent the night in Denver on January 25th, and then he left on a flight to Oklahoma early the next day, which was the 26th. And this is where the story really begins. So on Sunday, January 26th, the day that Al flew to Oklahoma, Letitia recorded a video on her phone. And in this video, Gannon can't be seen, but he can be heard. Apparently, a a lit candle fell to the floor and burned some of the carpet. And Letitia, in this video, asks him if he swears he didn't do it on purpose and that the candle was just knocked over by accident. And you can hear Gannon crying in the background. He's clearly nervous and upset, and he's just, like, consumed with worry because Letitia's telling him they're going to have to find something to sell so that they can afford to fix the carpet. Okay, this is ringing a bell. Mm -hmm. So... You know, otherwise they're going to get kicked out. Here's the thing. They, from my understanding, they weren't renting this house. They owned this house. It was a new build. They were the only residents to ever live in this house. So I don't know why she would tell him, you know, otherwise they're going to kick us out of this house. Um, She offers to sell the sofa so they can fix the carpet. And Gannon is just crying in the background. She's making this huge deal out of something so small, and it makes me so sick to listen to how upset Gannon is in that video. But the next morning was Monday, January 27th, and Letitia texted Al to tell him that Gannon was complaining of stomach pains and that she was going to let him stay home from school. She told him that she would just make up an excuse to not go into work. So she texted her boss that her stepdad had been killed after being hit by a car so she couldn't come into work. You That's know, like, what you came up with? Some people will just like fake being sick. But she's like, hey, my stepdad died today, so I'm not going to be in. Jesus. Super sorry he was killed. He was hit by a car, actually. Like, it's just such an extreme. That's hardcore. Very hardcore. Yeah, you would just normally say, I got the runs. <laughs> yeah. She went with, there was a hang gliding accident in the family. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, are they going to ask you to prove that? How are you going to prove that? But anyway, at this point, though, we know Gannon was still alive because Letitia was sending pictures of him to Al, and those pictures were time-stamped for that morning. So whether he was actually sick that morning or not, I don't know. But um, it's just something to keep in mind. So at about 10.15 a.m., a neighbor surveillance video captured Letitia and Gannon getting into Al's red Nissan Frontier truck. And when the truck returned, it appeared that you could only see Letitia exit the truck. But Gannon was not visible in the video. And that's not to say he didn't come home with her. You just can't see him get out. So some people were kind of really sticking to this because then Gannon disappears. But I really think that Gannon was in the truck and that he was with Letitia. And I'll explain. I mean, it'll all make sense as I continue. But, you know, that was just something that was really... 
um, theorized in the beginning was that she left in the truck and then you didn't see Gannon when she got back. So something had to have happened in that time frame. But I don't think that's correct. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they got back home at around 2.20 p.m. And at this point, Letitia's older daughter, Harley, was at work and Gannon's little sister, Lena, was at school. So it was just Letitia and Gannon at home alone. So by the time Lena got home from school around 3.15, Letitia told her that Gannon was asleep in his bed and that she couldn't go see him or play with him. So she instructed Lena to just go outside and play. At about 7 p.m., Letitia called 911 to report Gannon missing. During that call, she was, to- or she was told to call the El Paso County uh, non-emergency line. So she did, and she told them that Gannon left home at around 3.15 to go play at a friend's house, and that he was supposed to be home an hour ago, but she wasn't able to find him anywhere. Now remember, Lena came home from school at around 3.15, and Letitia told Lena that Gannon was asleep in bed, not at a friend's house. Mm -hmm. So she's obviously already got two very different stories. Same exact time, but two different stories. Harley got off work around 4.15 and came home. She picked up Lena and left. And about 10 minutes after Harley left with Lena, Letitia sent Harley a text message asking her to pick up some cleaning supplies, specifically carpet cleaner, baking soda, and trash bags. Doesn't sound good. When police showed up at the home later that evening, they did a preliminary search of the home for Gannon. They entered into the garage. They noticed Letitia's Volkswagen Tiguan backed into the garage And according to physical evidence found and processed from within the home, investigators would eventually conclude that Gannon was killed in his bedroom. The evidence found suggested that the attack on Gannon was violent and bloody. There was blood splatter on the walls, a blood stain on his mattress, and enough blood was on the carpet that it soaked through the carpet, through the carpet pad, and down to the concrete foundation of the home. The evidence also showed that Gannon's body was then removed from his room and moved throughout the house before eventually being put in the back of Letitia's black Volkswagen Tiguan. So not easily visible to the naked eye, blood had actually seeped through the hatch of the back of her Tiguan and leaked down the bumper and onto the floor of the garage. But when investigators did that initial search, they didn't see the blood on on her black vehicle initially, but after tests were conducted on her car, they were able to detect it. And by the time cops searched the home right after Gannon disappeared, Letitia had already tried to clean up the blood. So it wasn't immediately evident that he was killed there, but I just want to include this information so you have more context when you hear about all the ways Letitia tried to cover this up. So the following day was January 28th. Al rushed home from Oklahoma, and when he arrived at the airport in Colorado Springs, Letitia was there to pick him up, but she was not in the Tiguan. She was driving a rental car, a white Kia Rio. She rented it early that morning, right before she met Al at the airport. And her excuse for renting the vehicle was to keep Miles off her Tiguan, probably because she intended to search for Gannon in the car. So she left the Tiguan at the airport and drove the Kia Rio until the next day. But she lied and told Al that the Tiguan was in the parking lot of an elementary school, not in the airport parking lot. And while we're on the topic of mileage and not wanting to put miles on the Tiguan, she only ended up putting 71 miles on the Kia Rio. So it's really more likely that evidence of Gannon's blood, if not Gannon himself, was still in the back of the Tiguan while it was parked at the airport. Mm -hmm. 
The Kia was eventually seized by police, and when it was searched by forensics, the presence of blood was found in the back of the Rio. However, it appeared to be from two different people, neither matching Gannon. And they weren't able to determine the blood sample either. Oh, that's weird. Or the age of the blood sample. So it could have been like some previous renter. Yes. That's strange. Which is so weird. I mean, ugh. and now anytime I rent a car from an airport, I'm just going to think. Oh from anywhere. Gosh, has there been There's, a body back here? I'm sure if you put blue light in there, it'd light up with sperm too. Oh, Austin. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying freaking weirdos. Probably got sperm and blood and all kinds of weird shit in those cars. You're probably right. I mean, you, I am right. Sounds like you're speaking from experience. No. Should we just move on? D- definitely move on. You just made it weird. Oh, I made it weird. All right. Well, at about 7 p.m. on the 28th, the same morning that she rented the Kia Rio, the Tiguan was removed from the airport parking parking lot. And it's believed that after the Tiguan was removed from the airport parking lot, this was the time that Letitia actually dumped Gannon's body nearby off of Highway 105 in Douglas County, which is about an hour away. This is her son, right? Her stepson. Her stepson. So they believe this to be true because the GPS from the vehicle showed her at that location, and then later a piece of particle board was found in that area that had blood on it that matched Gannon's. But that's not where Gannon was ultimately found. They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a cult-like following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. One of their best sellers are the heatless satin curling rollers. Say bye-bye to heat damage. These are the originals, the OG, and still the best heatless curlers. Don't settle for knockoffs. Get the ones that started the craze. I personally got the pre-wash scalp oil with rosemary and biotin because I don't wash my hair very often and it gets pretty dry. So this just nourishes my scalp. It loosens up any buildup that I might have and it smells like lavender. The biotin helps strengthen my hair. I love it. Right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash mama. That's right, 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, which is spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash M-A-M-A. One more time, that's mykitsch.com slash mama for 30% off your order. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've been worrying about a health problem you have, and maybe it's a persistent headache or your eye just won't stop randomly twitching throughout the day, so you almost resort to texting your group chat to get your friends' opinions, or even worse, you search your symptoms on Google. But there's a better way to get real medical advice that doesn't include the anxiety-inducing Google machine or a well-meaning group chat, and that is ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. 
Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their area. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care you need. Go to ZocDoc.com slash mystery and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash mystery. ZocDoc.com slash mystery. And now back to the show. On January 29th, Letitia had an interview scheduled with authorities at the El Paso Sheriff's Office. She showed up two hours late and was driving the Tiguan, and it was evident that she had literally stopped at a car wash immediately before arriving at the Sheriff's Office because her car was still wet. Nobody washes rental cars. So listen to it's this. It's not a rental. It's That was her Tiguan, her personal yeah, car. Yeah, I got but mixed go up. I got mixed up. I'm going to tell you something anyways. Okay. This is interesting. Okay, okay. Okay, there is this... Um, spot on I-29 that Highway Patrol always sit. Mm -hmm. And I've passed them and been speeding. I've never seen them pull anybody over for speeding. I'm like, what are they doing? I don't know if it's true, but I got told that they are watching for like some some type of suspicious activity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's for drugs or whatever, but I was told like one sign that they look for is super clean rental cars because nobody washes rental cars unless they're doing something wrong. How do they know it's a rental car? I don't know how you tell. I just think you can. I don't know if they run the plates or what. Maybe. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. But Heard don't it a they just like ago. automatically clean the car when you return it? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just passing need, along a rumor. I'm going to need to see some sources. Okay. Okay. Get back to the show. So anyway, she cleaned her car before she comes to the sheriff's office because priorities. We're going to be two hours late, but sure. When she finally showed up, she brought some papers with notes on them, which was very unusual. Usually innocent people being interviewed about an incident or a crime don't bring notes so that they can keep their stories straight. But during this interview, she told investigators this wild tale about being held at gunpoint and raped by a Hispanic male that she knew as Eduardo, and that Gannon was abducted by that male after he finished raping her. She told authorities that when she got home, she disarmed her ADT alarm and found Aguardo hiding in her basement. When Aguardo saw her, he attacked her at gunpoint, raped her for an hour, and at some point knocked her out and she may have blacked out. She what? said during the attack, Gannon jumped on Aguardo's back, but that he threw Gannon off and across the room. And then after he finished raping her, she said he allowed her to go upstairs to greet Lena when she got home from school, but that she sent Lena outside and then returned down to Eduardo in the basement. Letitia said that when she came back downstairs, Eduardo had a gun pointed to Gannon and ordered her to get him a suitcase. After Eduardo left with Gannon, Letitia said she cleaned up the scene where the attack occurred, but never called 911. When authorities gave her the opportunity to have a rape kit performed, she declined, and when she was given the opportunity to provide information that would possibly identify Eduardo, she refused to cooperate. She said that after the candle burned the carpet, she drove around the neighborhood where there were some new construction taking place. This was a growing neighborhood with new houses being built. So she found Eduardo while he was 
supposedly working on a house and asked him if he could repair the carpet in her house. And that when he agreed, Letitia said she gave him the garage code and agreed that he could just come repair the, the carpet the next day while Letitia was supposed to be gone. So, Hell of an alibi. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But, I mean, it's almost as ridiculous as Casey Anthony. And there are a lot of parallels in this story to the Casey Anthony stuff, but we'll get to that. So towards the end of the interview, Letitia said she wanted to leave. And investigators took her cell phone and kept her there while they waited for a search warrant to get her DNA. But while she was waiting, she was acting very bizarrely. She started stuffing tissues into her pants and complaining of chest pain and shortness of breath. So they called her an ambulance. But once she got to the hospital, the affidavit actually states, quote, she seemed to have a miraculous recovery when they arrived at the hospital, end quote. Unreal. So that same day, investigators at the house found some cleaning supplies in the dishwasher, including multiple carpet brushes with suspected carpet fibers on them, and the dishwasher appeared to have been run. On January 30th, Gannon's disappearance was officially classified as a missing or endangered person's case. And at this point, rumors and speculations were swirling on social media, and a lot of people started picking apart every move Letitia was making online and in the public. So Letitia does this interview with a local news station, and I'm just going to play for you the interview, but I want you to keep in mind that she has her back turned to the camera and she has sunglasses on. And it's just very awkward, but I'm going to go ahead and play you the audio now. You know, I, I'm i just ready for Gannon to come home. Most importantly, for him to see his family. But second, I am going to be so ecstatic when I'm able to say to people that I hope they have a really sincere apology for all these theories that have came out online, for all the things they said that I have done or people have done. And I just want everyone to know that. We're going to find Gannon, and I love him so much. I've helped taking care of him for so long. Can you talk to me a little bit about him? I don't know him. Gannon is so kind, and he loves to play video games. That's one of his favorite things. He loves Sonic and Mario, and, you know, he's always helpful, and I, he was always so helpful with the dogs around the house, and we have two little cute dogs, and he was always like a person I could say, Gannon, can you go do this? And he would do it right away. You know, sometimes with kids, we have to remind them and things like that, and that's okay, but he was so sweet and able to help anyone. He could notice when you're sick and say, are you okay? And such a kind heart. I took care of Gannon for the last two years in our home because his mother didn't want to do it. Gannon, when you get here, you'll be able to truly tell what happened. And then I really hope I get a sincere apology from everyone who has made all those things, especially from my husband. We just wanted to add a message to Gannon from my family, is that we love you and miss you, and we hope that you come home soon. And Gannon, I can't wait till you can come home and let everyone know that you're okay. We love you. One, she sucks. <laughs> Two, she sounds like so casual and like she's reading from a script. Mm-hmm. I took care of him for this long. And then three, and I know this from being around you, she's speaking in past tense. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Yeah. And she actually kind of trips up, trips over her own words because she's like, Gannon is so, Gannon was so kind. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, did you not just hear yourself? Um, but I cannot... Like, the first time I I heard this, I remember watching it back in 2020 when this all was going on, and I thought, no way this woman is actually saying on national television, 
everyone is going to owe me a sincere apology when like your stepson is missing and, and she's that's talking, what you're concerned about. She's talking like it's a production. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember here recently when I went upstairs, we had a kid asleep on the couch, but I didn't see them and I freaked out. Yes. I got to realize for like five minutes what it was like to have some a kid missing. Mm-hmm even though she was asleep on the couch and I was scared as shit. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine being like, yeah, they were so good and we're going to, we're going to miss them and they're going to be back soon. Yeah. And what then everyone's going to owe me an apology. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> it's just crazy. And then to go on and bash the mom too, while you're at it, it's just the most bizarre red flag interview. I think it's the, the biggest red flag aside from the Chris Watts interview. That one was also big red flags, but I don't know. Obviously this interview upset a lot of people. It just rubbed them the wrong way. And people were understandably appalled that while her stepson is missing, she's trashing the biological mom who's all the way across the country. So then Letitia posted the following on Facebook. She said, quote, I'm going to go ahead and say this so y'all can delete me. No desperation here just to show how dumb people are. It is well with my soul, but I've had enough. Call it trashy, but I've had enough of the lies and threats. Most of y'all in these speculation groups are delusional. First, the neighbor sold the video for money. Then there was another one from the other side that was sent in, but they haven't released that because of these wannabe detectives. It's a tactic to keep idiots busy while we find Gannon. You guys claim to come together but have brought hate in the same sentences. Gannon's mom didn't give a shit about him or his sister. She had them at motels, abusive situations, criminal scenes with her husband, did drugs. Heck, Gannon even found her iPad with her doing drugs, and we have pictures of those. Albert rescued them from guns in the back of their cars police stops, living place to place, no home, and even had to fly on a plane from Alaska through the night to bring them back to us because she changed their school three times and had not no place to live. She sold his toys, his switch, and other items for drugs, so keep thinking that she cares and raising money. Gannon is still out there, and for those of you making all these speculations in some groups are idiots, what about raising money for a reward, not supporting someone who is faking? They know exactly what was told to them, and they have followed those leads. Downing a person who has taken care of kids more than their mom is stupid. Know the facts. They don't involve someone hurting him. This is who you are putting on a pedestal while trying to bully someone else based on tasteless wannabe keyboard detectives. Do what Gannon would do. Realize he needs to be home so he can be with the people who took care of him and loved him. End quote. Again, notice the past tense. Mm -hmm. Loved him. So on February 5th, Gannon had been missing for nine days, and Albert and Landon, his biological mom, appeared as a united front in front of news stations for the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, pleading for the safe return of their son. They didn't address anything about Letitia, anything that she had said or done, and Letitia was not present for that video. And here's some more insight as to why. Now, obviously, her stories were not adding up, nor were they even barely believable, but I mentioned earlier that on the 29th, um, investigators seized Letitia's phone. They found some damning information on the phone. First of all, on the evening of February 28th, Letitia turned her phone off for a few hours. So investigators couldn't recover any location details. 
But it's believed that this is right when she picked up the Tiguan and then probably went and dumped Ganon's remains. And when they examined her search history, they found that between the dates of January 25th, which was two days before Ganon went missing, to the 28th, the day after he went missing, she was searching websites for jobs out of state. She searched for jobs in L.A., Orlando, Pensacola Beach, and Fort Lauderdale. She also viewed apartments in those areas as well as a moving cost calculator. On the 25th, again, two days before Gannon disappeared, Letitia made the following Google searches all between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. So the reason I point that out is because this is like over the span of a whole afternoon and evening, not just all condensed within a one Google search. Okay? You're thinking about a lot in between these searches. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is what she searched. Find real military singles. Parenting should be four people, not one. I'm overdoing all the work for my stepkids and their mom doesn't help. Mom advice from stepmom. If you aren't involved in your kid's life, you are shitty. My husband's ex-wife does nothing for her kids. I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a Valentine's card since I raise her kids. (laughs) One day some people will wish they had treated you differently. Why should my husband choose me over family? Find me a rich guy who wants me to take care of his kids. Find a guy who wants me to take care of his kids and get paid. Those were all from that day. Okay. I don't mean to be insensitive because this story is horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as somebody told you, I add the color to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny when people use Google like it's like having a conversation. <laughs> Like, are you 85? And if you're 85 and listening, no, no, like, offense offense to you at all. (laughs) But to be like, find a rich guy and get the money from them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, we just can put, Google, you can paraphrase. Or I wonder if my husband's ex-wife is sending me a Valentine's card since I raised her kid. You don't type paragraphs into Google. Like, you don't, you would search like mom blogs about issues and then you'd find that in there. Yeah. I don't know if her goal was to like find a quote, you know, like like a meme or or whatever. No quote. Look at all the stuff she searched. I know. I I th- I don't. I don't know. I'm not trying to like. I'm trying to make sense of it because it doesn't make any sense. Right. But my my initial thought is that like she's pissed. She's being passive aggressive, and she's trying to find a quote to post maybe on social media because she was very active on social media. Obviously, we just read her whole Facebook post, and she held nothing back. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I don't know. That's just my guess as to why it seems like she's talking to Google. Mm-hmm. So the next day, she's back on Google at 9.25 a.m. searching, quote, it's crappy some parents don't care for their kids or buy them presents. And then she searched, parents are those who put their kids before their nails. See, she's an idiot. Um, yeah, it's. It's definitely weird. I don't know what her goal was. And then the next day, which is the 27th, the same day Gannon goes missing, she searches the following. Just after midnight, she searched, my son burned the carpet. How do I fix it? Will humidifier help if exposed to smoke? Colorado law for kids staying at home. School is out. Is it okay for my kid to stay home alone? Son is sick, but I have to go to work. Son sick, can he stay home? Okay, now that that was all between midnight or within the like midnight hour, okay? Then at 4:40 a.m., she searched suede repair for sofa. 
and then was quiet on Google for 14 hours until about 7 p.m. when she searched El Paso Sheriff's Office number, which is when she called 911. Well, she called that number, but I just say called 911 because it's easier to Mm -hmm. say. But anyway, so I think it's reasonable to assume that Gannon probably died within the window of 2.20 p.m. when Letitia arrived back at the house as captured on surveillance and 7 p.m. when she searched for the El Paso Sheriff's Office number. But honestly, it's probably safer to assume that it actually happened between 2.20 and 3.30, which was when Lena arrived home from school, because we know Letitia told Lena that Gannon was asleep, but told others he was at a friend's house. So it probably happened within that hour. The next day was January 28th, and Letitia searched on Google, what is the process for our runaway child? Police steps for our runaway. Police steps for our missing child. Today's flights, OKC to COS. Shirley probably trying to find a flight for Al. And then she Googled, they are asking for our son's toothbrush, but said nothing is wrong. Other search terms were found as well that had been deleted, so it's not clear exactly when these were made, but it gives us some insight to how Letitia was feeling about her marriage at the time. So she searched the following. (laughs) Find me a new husband book. I feel like I'm just a nanny, not a stepmom. Husband uses me to babysit his kids. Are there any free money to move away from a bad situation? My husband never posts about me, but he does everything else. My husband only cleans up for the army, not me. My gosh, she has issues. And Google is so, like, she's, I've never heard a case where somebody has this much Google history against them. Oh, I'm not done. She Googled, I'm just a glorified babysitter. Find a new husband. Sent my husband sexual messages and he ignores them. Make my husband want me more. I feel like my husband uses me to babysit his kid. Find a guy without kids. Hmm. So when police seized Letitia's Tiguan, they were able to remove the computer chip that held GPS locations, but this would take time to process. So during that time, Letitia was able to obtain a Nissan Altima, and this was actually rented by her aunt, Brenda, and it was in Letitia's possession from January 30th to February 1st. During that time, authorities placed a GPS tracking device on the Altima, and they were able to determine that Letitia traveled to an area north of Palmer Lake and along Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road. Now, why is this significant? Well, at this point, we know that Letitia turned off her phone the evening of January 28th after she picked up her Tiguan from the airport parking lot. And it's believed that this is when she disposed of Gannon's remains. But since her phone was off, nobody knew where she went. On January 31st, the GPS tracker on the Altima showed her in that area of the Highway 105. And this was a completely rural area. She didn't have any friends or family out there. So it really was just an unusual spot to be hanging out in, parking for like five minutes at a time. And it's believed that she went to this spot during daylight hours, knowing that this was where she dropped off Gannon's body at night and wanted to make sure during the daylight that it was undiscoverable. So by the time they got the GPS information from that chip that was in her Tiguan, they were able to corroborate this theory because the GPS from the Tiguan did in fact show her car in the same area the night of the 28th. 
So in the weeks that followed, authorities began recording the calls between Al and Letitia. During these phone calls, Letitia's story continued to change and evolve. She kept requesting immunity during these phone calls, which were obviously huge red flags. But at this point, there was still no physical sign of Gannon, so they couldn't arrest Letitia just yet. So Letitia took off, and records indicate that she checked into a hotel in Florida. On February 12th, a search was conducted on that area of Highway 105, where her car was tracked twice. The search lasted days, and the ground was covered in snow, which made things really difficult. And on the 14th, her story changed once again, saying that the man who had Gannon was a a man named Quincy Brown. Now, conveniently, a man named Quincy Brown was on the El Paso County's most wanted list, so she probably saw that name and just used it, but there was no evidence that he actually had anything to do with Gannon's disappearance. So on the 15th, three days into this search, searchers found a piece of particle board with what appeared to be blood on it. And when that blood was tested, a DNA profile was created that matched Gannon's. But Gannon is still nowhere to be found. By February 17th, Letitia was talking to a girlfriend on the phone and said that she was thinking about flying out to Colorado so that she could take a lie detector test and prove to everyone that she was telling the truth. During that call, she said, they all think I'm still in Colorado. But at this point, we know she was in Florida before she eventually traveled to South Carolina. But the day after that phone call, Austin, police found in her phone records that she called a 321 area code number. And when they reverse searched the owner of that number, they found that it was associated with a website called fakepolygraph.com. During this phone call, she was inquiring about a test that she had paid for but never received. So on this site, you can actually create your own questions and your own answers to those questions, and then the website will print out a fake certificate that indicates you answered these questions truthfully, okay? But if any of your questions on this questionnaire are illegal in nature, they will get flagged, and the company withholds the certificate, okay? So... That's what they did because the questions and answers that Letitia created for this fake polygraph were, one, do you intend to answer these questions regarding your stepson truthfully? No She answered, yes. Number two, is your birthday August 4th, 1983? She answered, yes. Number three, did you participate in any way in causing harm to your stepson? No. Number four, did your stepson return with you to your home? Yes. And number five, Did you participate in any way in causing the death of your stepson? No. Dumbass. So on March 2nd, Gannon still hadn't been found, but authorities believed they had enough evidence at this point to conclude that Gannon was dead and Letitia was responsible. So she was found back in South Carolina staying with family in Horry County. She was charged with first-degree murder of a child under 12 by a person in position of trust child abuse resulting in death, tampering with a deceased human body, and tampering with physical evidence. She was extradited from South Carolina back to Colorado Springs. On March 4th, while she was being extradited, she allegedly attacked a deputy while she was traveling. And on March 17th, Gannon was finally found. His body was found nearly 1,400 miles away from his home near Escambia River, 
Bridge on Interstate 90 near Pace, Florida. No way. This location was just about three miles from the hotel where Letitia checked in on February 4th. Holy shit. So that day when she went there, she wasn't just checking on him. She was picking him up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Exactly. Man, this is horrible. So Gannon had suffered a gunshot wound to the lower portion of his jaw, a fractured skull. He did have defensive wounds, so he put up a fight, and he suffered 18 stab wounds. Mm. So let me just recap real quick. After Letitia killed Gannon, she first put his body in the Tiguan and let it sit there while it was parked in the airport parking lot. Then she dumped his body near Highway 105, Then she went back days later to retrieve his remains and drove all the way across the country with her oldest daughter in the car and Gannon's body in a suitcase in the back. And she led literally everyone on a wild goose chase. And now that she's been caught, Austin, she is pleading insanity. Of course. In June of 2020, Letitia was caught trying to escape the jail and had devised a plan to break through a window of her cell with a broom handle, but obviously her plans were thwarted. And she's also been writing letters to the judge claiming that she's been unfairly treated and that her rights have been revoked. Um, I don't know. It's It's a lot of just crazy talk. But her trial for the murder of Gannon just started this week, and she is pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. And her defense team claims that she was insane at the time of the murder. They say that she has a fragmented personality rooted in childhood trauma from being physically and sexually abused as a toddler. In opening statements, her attorney, Will Cook, said, quote, there was some psychological crack to go from teacher, loving mother, and stepmother to being a killer of an 11-year-old. She didn't just wake up that day and say, quote, I'm going to kill my stepson, Gannon Stauk, today. No, she was killing the demons in her life in the dark depths of her childhood. See, and I feel like that attorney is a piece of crap person too. Like, and and what's going to end up happening? Do you know? Like, well, the trial is expected to last six to eight weeks, which seems like a very long time for what appears to really be a pretty cut and dry case. We've been recording for like forty minutes, and I'm sold. Yeah, (laughs) well, in my opinion, and I'm sure many of you will agree, this is the farthest reach I've seen for someone claiming to be insane. It's almost as insane as Casey Anthony's claims for why she didn't tell anyone her daughter was missing for 31 Mm -hmm. days. Rather than take accountability, let's just blame our sanity, or lack thereof, and blame someone else for the trauma they caused me, right? But let's not even talk about it until after I've done something terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like quite a stretch for me. And the thing is, is I've seen other cases where people do seem to actually be out of their mind. And they've shown this f- for a, a period of time leading up to this big event, right? Lindsay Clancy, for example, we talked about the postpartum that she'd been struggling with, all the medications she was taking, mm-hmm. all these, you know, recorded incidents or journal entries, if you will, of times that she was struggling with postpartum or the medicines that she was taking. Andrea Yates is another example. Um, Even Lori Vallow is clearly not all there. And we talked about Lori Vallow way in the beginning. We've done some updates, but her trial is starting this week also. So anyway, we'll touch on that again in another episode. But 
you know, obviously these people aren't all there. They're not fully intact. Does that mean we excuse their actions? No, of course not. But I see people like Letitia Stauk and Casey Anthony trying to use trauma to excuse their bad choices. And I think it's clear that they're trying to manipulate the system, especially when there is no previous record of abuse or any other out-of-body or out-of-mind experiences until someone actually winds up dead Mm -hmm. and they're desperate to come up with an excuse that isn't, I'm just a bad fucking guy. Mm -hmm. Amen. That was well said. And they're screws loose. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, they're screws loose, but it's not an excuse. Like you said, mental health, extremely real. Mm -hmm. Okay. And 40, 50 years ago, I don't think that we had as good of a grip on the idea of mental health health as we do now. Mm -hmm. But 50 years ago, where they are right, if this would have happened, there's no bullshit like this. Yeah. I mean, I'm wrong. am I wrong? No. Have there I been think cases in the right. 70s where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was insane. And they go, oh, no problem. Slap you on the wrist and on to the hospital. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, here I fully expect that she will be found guilty and that she will spend the rest of her life in prison. I think that's what will happen. I think that's what she deserves. Um, and, you know, that's my opinion. There might be some people here who agree, who disagree with me and think that maybe she was, you know, struggling with something. And but the good thing is we don't all have to agree. So you don't have to one star us if you disagree. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, her behavior, like, after the fact spoke volumes for as much as her story changed, for as horrible as she was to Gannon's biological mother. I think, you know, the defense is trying to say that because there's no motive, it proves that she is insane. Like, because what sane person would do this for no reason? Well, I think she did it for a reason. I think she had a lot of resentment towards her husband who just left her for a long deployment. She had resentment towards the biological mother because she was essentially taking care of those kids. And like, I'm not saying these are reasons or excuses. I'm saying this is her motive to me based on her search history and based on all the like vile thoughts she was having towards the biological mom and even her own husband, she probably didn't really care about Lena and Gannon. And so it was probably nothing to her to hurt them. And it was so violent too. I mean, yeah. a gunshot. Overkill. A gunshot, stabbing, abuse. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, she never had, I don't, I don't believe that she had love for Gannon. And I think that the sad thing is, is that Gannon had love for her. Mm-hmm. And he was scared of her. And I, I that just really... Really makes me sick. It's super sad. And then we go plead insanity and we're all just going to potentially just say, yeah, okay. Well, I will definitely keep you updated on what happens. Um, Like I said, it's supposed to last six to eight weeks. That's a really, really long time for a trial. A really long time. But I guess they're going to try to pull out every stop they can to try and prove that she is insane. So whatever happens, I will be here to update you. But um, I'm hoping she is found guilty. Random question. Mm -hmm. Has any been, anything happened on, like, the Murdoch stuff? Because no, I know that moved really, really fast, I mean, and now he's just in jail and done. Well, yeah. Like, as far as Alec, he's done for. Um, they filed an appeal. They had 10 days to file an appeal, and they've filed that paperwork. Um, but it means but nothing. it doesn't mean anything right now. And then um, the case of Stephen Smith is ongoing. They exhumed his body, which I believe we talked about that in a headlines episode. Um, but they exhumed his body and they're performing an independent autopsy because Stephen Smith's mom created a GoFundMe that raised 
well over their goal, so they were able to afford a second independent autopsy. So um, his death has been ruled a homicide, and the investigation is still open and ongoing. But, you know, if, if there's any updates there, I will have them as well. You got it all, Kelly. It's like an infomercial. Well, hey, listen, um, Friday, which is tomorrow, if you're a Patreon, you are listening to this probably on time. We're probably not going to have a headlines episode tomorrow because it's Good Friday. All three of my kids will be home with me. I'm not going to be able to get anything done. So no headlines tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No headlines tomorrow. But um, we will surely be back next week with some new headlines. And if you haven't laid us down a review lately... We would really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, we love reviews, and we're very grateful for those. So thank you to those of you who have left them, and we'll leave them. We love you so much. Amen. Mama, mystery, out. <laughs>